superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan Warmly, joined on this Thursday morning by Andrew Erickson and by Derek Brown. Fellas, we are talking about some must-start players here as we head into the season's second half. It is week nine. We will start, as we always do on the must-starts show, with the running backs, and we will start with Debra. Starts. Well... If Amar Di Mercado can get his toe right, he needs to be a must-start. He needs to be in your lineups this week. I know he missed practice on Wednesday, but assuming at the time of recording this that he's going to be a full go this week, Cleveland, the one thing you should not do is pass against the Cleveland Browns. Seattle didn't get that memo, but hey, here we are. Arizona should run the ball continuously. Cleveland is second in explosive run rate allowed, fourth highest yards of the contact per attempt. All these things spell if DiMarcado gets 20 carries this week, he is going to be a top 24 running back. Start him. So he's ranked RB28 in the expert consensus rankings in half PPR. So you think that's too low? Way too low. I mean, look, we're talking about a guy that has shown he can get 20 plus touches. He has played 75% or higher the snaps in some games. If both of those things come to fruition, the toe is okay. Sign him up. Let's go Demarcado this week. Erickson, who is your top must start running back this week? Same game. On the other side, Brown's backfield. I'm going with Kareem Hunt. So the Browns have kind of messed around with using three running backs. They used Jerome Ford, even though he was hurt last week. They didn't use him in the first half. They used him in the second half. Maybe he's pretty strong a little bit here as well. But at the end of the day, I still think Kareem Hunt is the running back that you want to start. And I have the most confidence in starting him because he's the guy that gets the most red zone looks. And that's why we start running backs in fantasy football. You know, who's scoring the touchdowns? And I expect the Browns to be able to be effective against the Cardinals defense. It's the third best matchup for running backs this season. And Kareem Hunt is the guy that's been the most consistent this season since he's taken over, I think, the starting role for the Cleveland Browns while Jerome Ford is dealing with this ankle injury. So for me, I like Kareem Hunt the most of the Browns' backfield. Hunt is RB25 this week in ECR. Is that too high, too low, or just right? I think it's fine. I mean, it's it's tough to parse through between, like, what Jerome mm-hmm. Ford's role is going to be because it's, well, is he healthy? Is he going to be healthier? Like, was he healthy last week? Like, because <laughs> he didn't look like he was going to play at all in the first half. It didn't look like he was going to play outright until they're like, yo, no, he's, he's fine. He's good to go. Um, so there's always that question mark. But I just feel when they get close to scoring, which I think they're going to do, whether it's because of short fields led up by their defense, they're going to give Kareem Hunt the ball at the red zone. They did this when Nick Chubb was still healthy the last two years. So I think they're still going to lean on him in the red zone when it's Jerome Ford and Pierre Strong as the other running backs in that backfield. Debra, it looks like you are a lot lower on Hunt this week. Yeah, I, I just moved him up in my ranks. Uh, just an oversight. I've got, but I'm, I'm with Erickson. I don't know what the heck to do with this backfield because Jerome Ford, is he healthy? Is he not? Like, I've got them all smushed together a little bit. Like, you got Jerome Ford. I got him at RB24. I got Kareem Hunt, RB27. I got Pierre Strong sitting in the 30s. Like, eh. when we get closer to Saturday, Sunday, and we get some more practice reports, I would just love it if they would give all the all the work to Pierre Strong. It's probably not going to happen. So Erickson's probably right. It's going to probably be Kareem Hunt because I do not believe that Jerome Ford is anywhere close to healthy. 
Debra, hit me with your next must start running back. All right, we're going to saddle up Royce Freeman. And and I threw this out on Twitter and I said, Royce Freeman is the cheat code in flex this week. And people are like, what about Daryl Henderson? And to this point, uh, Sean McVay said, what about Daryl Henderson? Royce Freeman led this backfield in snaps last week. He actually ran more routes than Daryl Henderson as well, although the targets on the surface, you wouldn't know that. Royce Freeman has been quietly good, too, as a running back, uh, as a rusher uh, since uh, joining the Rams or at least getting the work right here. Among 75 qualified running backs, 24th in explosive run rate. He's also top 10 in missed tackles force per attempt and yards of contact per attempt. We know you can run on the Green Bay Packers now with the quarterback question mark. The Rams could come out this week and just say, look, we're going to give Royce Freeman 15, 17 carries and let him run it down their throats. And if that happens, Royce Freeman could be a top 20 running back this week. Yeah, he's down in ECR at RB32. I feel like that's got to go up by the time we get to Sunday because that just seems... Not that he should be like top 10 or anything crazy, but like I'm in the got him 30 top seems too low. I mean, if he gets well, 15 carries in this matchup, he is going to probably score and he's going to be a top 24 back. When you look at the ECR, it's just a flip um, with him and Henderson. Like, like I agree with Debro. Like I have Freeman RB22, but if you look at ECR, ECR has Daryl Henderson RB22. So it's just picking like, okay, I just think that Royce Freeman, for the reasons that Debro alluded to, like. I think that he's the better running back. He's been yep. more efficient. I think that he's going to get more touches and more opportunities against the Packers than Daryl Henderson. So I understand where the ECR is coming from. ECR is leaning with Henderson, but I lean with Debro, King of Bros, yeah, well, with Royce Freeman. We're just leaning with Sean McVay, baby. He gave the work to Royce Freeman, so we're running it back this week. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's an interesting question. There are always fun questions around the NFL this time of year, like, who are the pretenders? Who are the contenders? We're halfway through the NFL season, but DraftKings Sportsbook is still pumping out unbeatable offers every single game. New customers can bet just five bucks on anything to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this November. We've got an unbelievably good Sunday slate in week nine, starting off the day early with Dolphins Chiefs at 930 in the morning evening. Eastern time, 730 my time. Then we've got Seahawks Ravens at 1 p.m., Cowboys Eagles in the late afternoon slate, and wrapping up with Bills Bengals on Sunday night football. It's going to be awesome. Three of those four games have a spread under a field goal, plus a total set at 46 points or higher on DraftKings Sportsbook. So they should all be amazing games. However you guys plan to bet those matchups, get in on the football action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now and use code FANTASYPROS. New customers can bet just $5 on anything to get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code FANTASYPROS. The crown is yours Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Erickson, give me your next must-start running back. Talking about that 
Cincinnati Bengals Buffalo Bills game, I'm looking at James Cook. And I think that everyone's freaking out because they sidelined Fournette. But I really think that just means curtains for Latavius Murray. I've talked about that on some prior shows earlier in the week. So I don't think James Cook's role is going to change. You know, he's kind of been used sell, like seldom usage in the passing game anyway. So I'm not really concerned about like what he's doing as a receiver. I think he's still the primary rusher for the Buffalo Bills. And I think that they can run the ball effectively on this Bengals run defense. 25th in DVOA versus the run. Sixth in total rushing yards allowed per game. I mean, you look up at how bad the Bengals run defense has been. It's next to like the other bad run defense that we're like targeting in fantasy football. But it's kind of been lost in the shuffle with the Bengals resurgence on offense. No one's really talking about their defense when it's like, hey, this defense can be exposed against the run. And James Cook is an explosive running back. Saw 67% of the snaps last week. I don't think that's going away, even with Fournette joining the roster in his first game. I mean, I don't think that we're going to see a massive role for Fournette in his first game off the couch. So for me, if they're phasing Murray out for Fournette, then you're going to see more of James Cook, who's outtouched Murray 31-12 to in the last two weeks. So I know that James Cook is kind of in this weird state with fantasy managers. He's like an RB2. He doesn't really score a lot of touchdowns, but he's explosive with the ball in his hands. That's what I would ride with here. In a shootout game, you want guys who can make big plays, and James Cook can be that guy for the Bills. So I like James Cook on Sunday Night Football. Erickson, where are we at on James Cook rest of season? I mean, the last four weeks, he's finished in half PPR, RB 41, 31, 8, and 28. So it's been three pretty poor games out of the last four. I mean, he's an RB2. Like, like there are some mm-hmm. guys that just have that are RB2s, and, and that's fine. Like, you have to start an RB2. Everyone can't have the luxury of starting two RB1s on their team every single week because his role is limited. Like, we know that they don't like to use him a lot in the red zone. His receiving usage is up and down. But at the end of the day, he's an efficient running back. Like, we know he can rip off big plays, and he plays on a good offense. So, for me, that makes him someone that I like to buy because there's room for his role to grow. So, at worst, you're getting RB2 production. It's what you draft him to be. He's not killing your team. But there is a path for, okay, what if Leonard Fournette also flames out? And they're like, you know what? Let's just turn the ball over to James Cook. Because we've seen this team do this before. They did it last year. They did it with Devin Singletary in the second half of mm-hmm. multiple seasons where they're just like, you know what? Enough of this committee stuff. Let's just get one guy the ball. Let's run with this player. And if I would bet on any one of those running backs, I would bet on it being James Cook, who's really not viewed super highly right now, just kind of based on his recent finishes. When, when you look up, it's like compared to a lot of other running backs, he's really not doing that bad. Bro, give me your next must-start running back. Oh, I talked about him last week. Talk about him again. But the matchup provides. Joe Mixon actually looked like he could break tackles last week, and that's because of the matchup last week. What's going to happen this week? Oh, the Bills can't stop anybody on the ground, people. So Joe Mixon's going to have himself another banner day. The Buffalo Bills run defense. Fourth highest explosive run rate allowed. Highest yard of contact per attempt allowed. And the second highest yards per carry allowed to zone runs. Joe Mixon, 50.9% of his carries have been on zone runs this year. Joe Mixon's going to get 20 touches in this game. He's probably going to score. He's going to be an RB1 this week. Erickson, where do you have Mixon this week? I got him in the top 10. No, I think it's a really good spot for him. Yes, sir. It's just one of these games where, look... We saw that game last year with Joe Mixon against the Panthers. So he just like cashed in on all of his regression in one game. He scored five touchdowns and they had to make a bet on like, hey, could this be the game where Joe Mixon absolutely goes nuclear, especially because he's not going to be playing on the main slate. Um, he's going to go off on Sunday Night Football to the the tilting of all people that have been playing him in DFS. I, I think that this could be a really good spot for him. Blow up spot potentially for Joe Mixon. I have met RB5. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Love the aggression there. Erickson, who's your last must start running back? 
So diving deep here. So if you're hurting on bye weeks or you just don't really have someone that you can fill in your RB2 slot, I'm looking at Zach Charbonnet uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. Like, look, last week we saw him outsnap Ken Walker. They were both really efficient. You know, the Seahawks didn't run the football a lot. And I don't necessarily think that's indicative. Okay, they never really want to run the football again. Like, we know Pete Carroll, he wants to run the football. But at the same time, if they're down against the Ravens playing on the road, which I expect them to run into, I still think that they do prefer Charbonnet in the pass game. Like we saw that last week in a game where they needed to dial up more passing attempts. It was Charbonnet out there running the most routes and seeing the most targets and not Ken Walker. And this was something that we previewed in the beginning of the offseason. Where it's like, hey, Charbonnet is like a really good pass catcher. Like he may eat into Ken Walker's receiving role. And now Charbonnet dealt with some injuries to start the year. And he obviously missed last week entirely, but in this or two weeks ago entirely, came back last week and was really efficient as a rusher, was good as a receiver. And if the Seahawks find themselves trailing once again on the road, I think you're going to see more Charbonnet again for the second straight week. So if you're hurting at RB2, I think that Charbonnet could potentially fill in. If you look at the Ravens, one of their weaknesses actually on defense is running backs in the passing game, 23rd DVOA, where I mean, basically every other statistic there, you know, top 10 against every other position because of how good their defense has been this year. But running backs in the passing game have been one of their uh, softer spots on D. Let's check out the Who Do I Start tool. This is free to use at fantasypros.com slash start. Anybody can head there and put in their own starter sit questions, including up to four players at a time, which is awesome. You can even pick and choose which experts your decision draws from. It can be Erickson. It can be Debro. It can be both. It can be neither. You guys get to choose. Again, that's free to use at fantasypros.com slash start. Debro, are you starting Amari Demarcado or Royce Freeman? <sighs> I'm going to go Royce Freeman with this one. Yeah. I'm going to leave the match up. another name you're starting Freeman over. Someone surprising because he is a name that's lower in consensus. So I think there might be some interesting names you're, you're picking um, behind him. Zach Moss, Gus Edwards, Ramondre Stevenson. Well, Daryl Henderson. Like, Daryl Henderson. Yes. Henderson. Yeah, yeah Daryl Henderson. Yeah. Those are all good names. How about Joe Mixon or DeAndre Swift? I'm going to go Mixon. Uh, again, I've got him inside my top five. I think he's going to get 20 plus carries in this matchup. And if there's any way that you keep uh, Josh Allen off the field, it's by running the ball. Yeah, when I was putting these together, I didn't know you had Mixon at five. So the answer for pretty much anybody would be Joe Mixon over them. So I mean, put it uh, this way, just to give context, I'll throw out a name that people might not be expecting here. I will start Joe Mixon over Brees Hall this week. Okay. And you got Paul six. So it's not that you're that low on no, him. You're I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not low on him, yeah. but the chargers are a very good run defense. The bills are not. And, and Zach Wilson's also the Jets quarterbacks. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is true. See, this is true. Uh, okay. Erickson, Kareem hunt, or we already talked about him a little Daryl Henderson. Oh, Kareem hunt. Easy. Yeah. Hunt. How about James cook or Rashad white? Uh, James cook. I have one spot ahead of Rashad white. Yeah. Those guys are back to back in ECR as well. Uh, and then sort of same question as I asked about Freeman, but give me some names you're starting Charbonnet over that might surprise people. So it's again, it's a deeper play, but I kind of like him over some of these other like RB3 type players. So I'm going to start him over like AJ Dillon. I think I probably start him over like Jerome Forge because I don't know what Ford's role is going to be on offense. Tajay Spears, Justice Hill, Singletary. So Erickson, again, I got I'm one go for you. Zach Charbonnet or Damian Pierce? So I have Pierce ranked ahead so far. Okay. Just because it's I've got Charbonnet, Charbonnet one spot ahead. That's why I'm asking. Charbonnet is a game script play because yep. if the Seahawks keep the game close and they're running the football, it wouldn't surprise me if Charbonnet does take a backseat to Ken Walker. But it's really like, hey, if they fall behind, which based on the 
Vegas total and spread, that should be what happens. But well, again, Ken Walker's not even always... fully healthy either. I, I call BS on him being fully healthy with the calf and stuff right now. Well, he's not on the injury report this week. For, yeah, for well, worth, you but... know, he didn't carry an injury designation <laughs> last week and he got out snapped by Charbonnet. So uh, Pete Carroll's going to Pete Carroll. What can I say? Yeah. All right, let's head to the must-start wide receivers here. Start with you, Debra. Mark Cooper, baby. He's going to lead this off, and I don't care who's the quarterback. It does not matter. You could uh, trade for whoever you want to toss them under center. They could put the water boy under center. It doesn't matter to me. Amari Cooper is going to crush this secondary. Uh, one, the Arizona runs the 10th highest rate of zone coverage. Amari uh, Cooper's air yard share versus zone, 45.3%. That is fantastic. As well as you're talking about the Arizona Cardinals are allowing the fourth highest PPR points per target to perimeter wide receivers. Wheels up, Mari Cooper. Mari Cooper is wide receiver 25 in half point PPR in expert consensus rankings. Is that too high, too low, or just right? That is too low. That's too low. I've got him at wide receiver 19. He has to be a wide receiver two this week. Erickson, who is your first must start wide receiver? Snap, crackle, pop. Jamaro Douglas, baby. That's who I'm going to start this nice. week. He's the Patriots' number one wide receiver. Look up, and the guy that they drafted in the sixth round <laughs> is their best player on offense. It's crazy that we've come to this point, but look, he had seven targets last week. He only caught five passes for 25 yards, but watching that game, like they're trying to do what all they can to get the ball in his hands because mm-hmm. he has juice. Again, his name is Pop Douglas because he has Pop, and this is something the Patriots have been lacking severely all season long, and it's only taken this long to get him more involved because he had a fumble early on in the season and got benched. Then he had an injury, a concussion, so he had to miss time. So now that he's gotten all ramped up, Kendrick Bourne is gone. Like, he's out for the season with a torn ACL. So where are the targets going to go? In the best matchup you could ask for for wide receivers, commanders. Horrible secondary. Commanders lost their two best pass rushers. Like, Mac Jones is going to have time to throw in the pocket at home. And who's he going to? Jamario Douglas. Like, that's who he's going to throw the football to. So I get that he's a late round pick and that's kind of why people are hesitant to like buy in. But this is two straight weeks of like really strong usage for Demario Douglas. I know we talked about him in the live streams like, hey, you guys want to stash this guy. Uh, you want to stash Demario mm-hmm. Douglas because he's going to be involved in this offense. Now, I know, again, the receiving yardage wasn't massive, but the matchup is there for him to be really productive. And honestly, if I'd make a bold call about like what Douglas could do, the Patriots have the number one schedule for wide receivers rest of the season. It would not shock me at all if we look up. And he has an Amon Ra St. Brown type of finish Ooh. to the year as a thir- as a day three rookie wide receiver pick because Ooh. the targets are there for him. Like, why can't he see 10 to 12 targets every single week with a really favorable schedule? Like, why can't that happen as a day three pick? So oh. I like Demario Douglas a lot. And I think we're going to be talking about him a lot on this show moving forward. My Lord, I got to pull this schedule. Brown-esque. <sighs> that's, that's fire, baby. <laughs> All right, we'll put a number to him for this week specifically. Where are you ranking him, Erickson? I mean, I think he's a wide receiver three this week. I mean, but I think that we could be talking about him next week and he's going to be higher. Like, I, I think I, he's a strong I, start. He's a strong start. He is a very strong start. Like, that, like that's... I think that he's ACR. I think he's, like, outside the top 50. Like, oh, he shouldn't be. That... He shouldn't be that. Now, now you got to maybe look and see where I've got Pop at. Um, Pop, where are you at? Um, uh, uh, Let me... Amon Ra, to finish 2021 as a rookie... 86 yards in a touchdown, 73 yards, 90 yards in a touchdown, 91 yards in a touchdown, 111 yards in a touchdown, 109 yards in a touchdown. Yeah. And, That's and pretty rarefied air. And how did that get fueled, right? Because all the guys got hurt. What just happened? We just saw the Patriots' number one receiver get hurt. Like, Devontae Parker's the, also out with a concussion. 
Juju Smith-Schuster is still just Juju Smith-Schuster. I want to point out, like, the schedule is the best for a wide receiver in all fantasy is for the Patriots. To your point, Erickson, yeah, they get the Colts. So after the Commanders, they get the Colts, the Giants. Y'all stop me whenever you hear a a team that you're scared of. (laughs) Then they get the Chargers, the Steelers, the Chiefs. Okay, a little bit worrisome, but Pop's going to be in the slot. Uh, the Broncos, oh, Udalali. The Buffalo Bills, and then the Jets last final week. But I mean, after I mean, it, it, I, I, this is nice, Eric. So where do you have him ranked again this week? Because now I feel like I need to bump his ranking up. I, 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 I've got him at I wide mean, receiver thirty-five. Is that high enough? No, I think, I think that's fine. Okay, like again, right. it still plays on the Patriots. So again, <laughs> a lot of it comes down to touchdowns. Like how many touchdowns are going to are they going to score? But look, the Commanders' defense is so bad. It is yeah. horrible. I, I just think this could be a breakout game for Demario Douglas. So, like, you want to get in on Agreed. now and not be late to the party. Yeah, I, th- I think it's great advice. Uh, I just I think Amonra is like too high of praise. But if well, if that's Doug, why it's if, a bold call, Worm, okay? I just say that's a little crazy. I mean, but if he does do that, that that's an all time. Why, is it, why is it crazy? I, I mean, Amonra was a day three pick too. Just saying. Uh, I just think it's a bit too. If he, he day three pick, he wasn't around six pick. Okay, he's around four. Okay, okay, they're all yeah. and also Mac together. Jones is terrible. I, also, I mean, <laughs> also, you know who was also interested in in Demario Douglas? The Rams, but instead they took Puka Nakua. Okay, just saying. Just saying. Uh, yeah, but Puka Nakua was a late round guy too. He, I hear he's not very good. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We're if just, you, we're if just you had waiting. To like, like poor man's or something, like I get it, but like that's it's just a bridge too far. But we can move on from the point. I, I think it's <laughs> the, the general point is. is I think if he was a Raven, Worm no, would be all in no, on this. I'm just I saying. Okay, not. how about we do this? How about you want to make a, you want to make a bet, Worm? From here, ooh, from this ooh. week on, Demario Douglas outscores Zay Flowers. How about that? Oh, oh that? my lord! Yeah, I, how about I, that? In, wow. In we're saying? Yes. Yeah. Because Zay yeah. Flowers can't score touchdowns either. So <laughs> I, I, I think I think Zay will I think Zay will outscore, but I think Zay has some touchdown regression coming. Oh. So I, yeah, I would make that bet. We can we can decide. Oh, this is uh, beautiful. We can decide off air and share next week what the bet will Ooh. officially be. But uh, I'll I'll handshake on that. Ooh. All right. Uh, all right, let's move on here because that's too much time on Demario Douglas. Uh, Debra, give me your next must-start receiver. I mean, man, I don't even know how to follow that up right now. I mean, good <laughs> Lord. Um, I'm just going to tell you to start Michael Pittman. Uh, the matchup is fantastic. We're looking at uh, a Carolina Panthers uh, pass defense that's allowing the or has the second highest rate of zone coverage. Michael Pittman eats zone coverage for breakfast, baby. 26% target share, 36% first reach share. We've talked about in previous episodes, sit Michael Pittman versus man coverage. He happened to get there versus the two man coverage teams just off of a long play and a touchdown to save his day versus the Browns and the Saints. This is the matchup where you want to start Pittman and start him confidently. Say goodbye to your own Start Sit dilemmas with Fantasy Pro's Start Sit Assistant within seconds. You'll know exactly who to play for optimal results each and every week. Leveraging insights from numerous experts, the Start Sit Assistant aligns your lineup decisions with the top minds in fantasy football, giving you a competitive edge. Maximize your lineup's potential with just a few clicks. Head to fantasypros.com slash myplaybook and make winning decisions in no time. Erickson, give me your next must-start receiver. This this ought to Nico. be lightning because I don't I don't know how Erickson's <laughs> gonna follow up the pop deck with stuff like <laughs> I'm edge of my seat. I'm going with Nico Collins. Uh, it's a good matchup against the Buccaneers. Top ten points allowed to wide receivers. They've actually allowed the second most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last four weeks. So Nico kind of coming off a, a down game. The Texans passing game overall kind of coming off a down game, but still saw 25 percent target share in a game where they just didn't have a lot of passing volume. 
and he still had over 100 air yards despite only seeing, you know, five or six targets. So I like the Texans passing him to bounce back. I think they tried to run the ball thinking, hey, the Panthers can't stop the run. Let's run the ball. And it was like, yeah, let's just get the ball to CJ Stroud. I, I think they're really going to be like, I think we over complicated things, tried to run the football. We're like, you know what? Let's just let our rookie quarterback throw the ball because he's good. So I think we're going to see more passing volume from the Texans against the Buccaneers. And I think Nico Collins is going to benefit. Last three games, Nico's finished wide receiver 51, wide receiver 32, wide receiver 70. That's in half PPR. So we're not, I mean, we, we have faith in him still, right? There's not like a concern level there. No, uh, again, it goes back to like the volumes. Again, he's his. Where do you have him this good. week, Erickson? I got him at wide receiver 15. So I'm riding with you, baby. He, I got him at 20. He, he's okay. wide receiver 14 in ECR. So the industry is uh, still. Now I'm going to have to bump him. him up even higher. Like, I <laughs> That that has also risen three spots in the last two days, so he is trending upward according okay, to industry bumps experts. Him up four this week. spots, got it, got it. Mm-hmm. All right, Debra, give me your final must-start wide receiver. I've not been in on this guy all year, but look, I'm telling you, this is the week. He settled into a nice role. Start Rasheed Rice. He has run a route on 57% of dropbacks since week seven. He's got a 14%, almost a 14% target share. Might not sound amazing, but this matchup is pristine for Rasheed Rice. You're talking about a secondary for Miami that has allowed the ninth most yard, the ninth highest yak and the fifth most missed tackle. This is all in Rice's wheelhouse, baby. He is first in yak per reception. He is also facing a secondary because Rice is their slot wide receiver. That has allowed the 11th highest PPR points per target. Rasheed Rice is a guy that I think you could plug in. He's a wide receiver three with plenty of upside this week in a massive shootout game. Another rookie who's ranked in the same range as this is Erickson's next guy, Josh Downs. Uh, So Erickson, do you, I just want to ask you in addition to why you're picking Downs, do you like Rice or Downs better this week? I, I like Rice more. I think that Rice has more touchdown mm-hmm. upside. I'd rather just like attach myself to Patrick Mahomes, number one wide receiver, because I think that he's really started to separate himself from the other Chiefs receivers who have just been underwhelming. And what we saw last week from the Broncos defense against the Chiefs, teams are going to start to try to take away Travis Kelsey at all costs. So they this is going to force somebody to step up on offense. And KC, the only guy that has ever shown anything this season is Rashi Rice. So I think that he could see double-digit targets. He's explosive with the ball in his hands. He can win downfield. So I think Rice definitely has a lot more upside, whereas Downs, look, I still like him as a start because he's just been really solid since Minshew kind of took over quarterback last four um, four weeks ago. Last four games, Josh Downs has five-plus tar- five catches, four straight games. He has 70 yards or a touchdown in those four straight games, and he actually leads the team in receiving yards, 20% target share over his last four games. So Look, I think that him and Pittman are just, it's just really nice because it's concentrated. And this Colts mm-hmm. offense, all it does is create overs. Like like every team is like, I want to bet the under, I want to bet the under. Colts, it doesn't matter who they play. It's like over, over, like against the Saints, right? The Saints are a team that just like always forces games to go under. What do you know? Play the Colts, game goes over. So the Colts are a team, especially with how concentrated it is between the touches, between the running backs, between the receivers. They don't use a tight end. I, I like Downs and Pittman. Debra, who do you like better between Rice and Downs this week? 
I've got, uh, they're in the same area code. I've got Rasheed Rice as wide receiver 31. I've got Downs as wide receiver 33. So both of them are strong wide receiver three plays, especially if you have both these. Some people might have both of them on their rosters. I would be starting Rasheed Rice over Josh Downs. And just to throw this out there as far as the matchup, I wrote this up in the primer because I know people are questioning, okay, what about Jalen Ramsey? Ramsey was not the slot corner last week. He played on the perimeter. I think he's going to play on the perimeter again this week. So don't worry about Jalen Ramsey. How about Amari Cooper or T Higgins, Debra? T Higgins is not fully healthy. He showed that last week. He's not even playing a full-time role in this Bengals offense. So I like T, but I'm confidently starting Amari Cooper over him. How about Michael Pittman or DK Metcalf? Pittman. Easy Pittman. Erickson, let's go to you. Nico Collins or Garrett Wilson? Ooh. That one is tough. I, I think Ooh. we stuck with Garrett Wilson. I, I just like yeah, what I've I'm seen Garrett from Wilson Garrett Wilson too. where, you know, it's funny, you know, Garrett Wilson Chris, versus Chris Olave was debated, you know, all offseason. And Garrett Wilson's the guy that's had the worst quarterback play the entire season, and he's been better in fantasy. Like, I, I, I feel so bad that we missed out on what it could be like with Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson because Man. he would be like a top five fantasy wide receiver because he's been so good and consistent even with Zach Wilson, like anchoring him every single week. He's been still able to get it done. 30, 30% plus target share. Great matchup against the Chargers. So it's like, yeah, Garrett Wilson doesn't have that like super spiked ceiling potential because of the quarterback, but he's been so steady every single week, even with the bad quarterback, that I'm just going to keep rolling out with Garrett Wilson because his talent is really winning out. He's, he's actually- I'm going to... I will echo Erickson's thoughts on that. Um, I think when we ask ourselves the question, could he be the new Devontae Adams for Aaron Rodgers? I think he has answered that in spades. Like if you're out of it for as far as contention, but you're in a keeper league and stuff, you need to start prepping moves for next year. I think Aaron Rodgers is obviously going to come back. You need to be trading for Garrett Wilson because he's going to explode next year. Wide receiver 12 in ECR for this week. That's where I've got him, right. I've got him wide receiver 12 this week, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Erickson, we already talked a lot about Douglas, but give me a couple surprising names that you're starting Douglas over this week. Jacoby Myers, I'd start him over him. I, I mean, I, anyone that you don't feel like good about in terms of like, oh, like, do I start this guy drafting him like earlier? And he's just been like a butt like. That's why I would start Douglas over. But like, I think that he's just like one of these streaming wide receivers that you've picked him up off the waiver wire you plug him right in to one of your empty roster spots. So it's like, would I rather start him or Tyler Lockett or rather start Douglas, like Marquise Brown? I mm-hmm. mean, maybe he's going to be like, is he going to be okay with Clayton Tune? Like, I don't know. Like he's playing the Browns. Like, I don't really like that matchup. Like Gabe Davis, rather play Douglas. Like, I just think that there's, his targets are going to be there. Like he's going to offer a floor. And I think that the ceiling game could be there against a really, really bad commander's defense that again, their secondary's already been bad. They got rid of their best two pass rushers, and Mac Jones has time to throw. He should be able to get it done. So I like Douglas in that kind of range of players. Let's go to the quarterback, tight end, defense, special teams section. Debro, give me your QB, TE, DST. We talked about him earlier in the show. At least it was wide receivers. Derek Carr, man, he's been startable. You need to start him this week uh, since over the last well, since week six. This guy's been a QB one, QB 11 in fantasy points per game. And the Bears can't stop anybody through the air, allowing the 10th highest yards per attempt, second most passing touchdowns and the eighth highest adjusted completion rate. So fire up Derek Carr as a QB one this week. Luke Musgrave is my tight end start this week. And I know he has not done very much. I get he's not probably fully healthy, but the Rams are giving it up 
to tight ends. They've allowed the sixth highest fantasy points per game to the position and the highest yards per reception to tight ends. And the defensive stream of the week has got to be the New York Giants. Aiden O'Connell is not mobile. He's going to sit back there in the pocket. And we know what the Giants like to do. That is blitz, 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 blitz. They're top five in blitz rate. And the other part about this, people do not understand. The Giants have been performing as a top five fantasy defense since week five. They're the DST four since week five. The only defenses that are better than them since week five, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Jets, and the Steelers. That's it. That's it. So start the Giants confidently. Derek Carr or Sam Howell this week? Carr. Easy Carr. Are there any are there any interesting names you're starting Carr over? Because he's a guy that you mentioned he's been playing better lately, but he's also just gotten a lot of hate on this show all season long, particularly when talking about how he's kind of nuked Chris Olave's value and stuff like that. So are there any names that might surprise people that you're starting Carr over? Um, so I think the the low end QB one discussion this week is very interesting, but I think Minshew gets a lot of love. I'll start Carr over him. I'll start him over Baker Mayfield, Sam Howell, um, Bryce Young, uh, Jordan Love. I'll start him over Daniel Jones, Geno Smith. I mean, just keep going down the what list. About, like about Stroud. Yeah, I didn't say Stroud. I got Stroud right ahead of him at QB nine. But so okay. I mean, they're they're uh, like right there. I, I mean, I'm one of the Derek Carr haters, um, and I have him ranked over Stroud this week. So I like. Him. Ah, oh, yeah, er- Erickson nice. is a card carrying member of the I hate Derek Carr club. <laughs> no, I mean, I just think that he's not that good, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, he's such an upgrade." Does that card? Does like, that card no. have like that that the meme of Derek Carr like he's sitting on the bench like? Whoa. Yeah. Is that yeah. is that what his face is plastered on the front of that card? Yeah. It's football season and you can now get almost almost anything you need for game day delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Can Uber Eats deliver foam fingers? No, but chicken fingers? Yes. Touchdown dances? No. Buttermilk ranches? Yes. Field goals? No. Grilling coals? Yes. Running backs? No. Ribs? Yes. Blitzes? No. Beers? Yes. Defense? No. Deodorant? Yes. Game-clinching turnovers? No. But pastry turnovers? You know the kind with delicious apple filling? Oh, yeah, because that's groceries. And get those delivered with Uber Eats, too, along with food from your favorite restaurants and other essentials. And the best part, you can get it all without missing a second of the action on your TV. There you have it. Get almost Almost anything for game day delivered with Uber Eats, official on-demand food delivery partner of the NFL. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Erickson, take us home with your must-start quarterback, tight end, and defense slash special teams. Quarterback, I'm going with rookie quarterback Bryce Young. Look, we talked about the Colts and how they're over machines. That helps the offense that they're playing, and that's going to be the Carolina Panthers here at home. Look, fourth most fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks this season. And Bryce Young has improved every single week. Now, after zero top 20 finishes to start the year, he has three straight top 20 finishes, including one inside the top 10. We saw him be really efficient coming after the bye week. Thomas Brown taking over as the new play caller. So I think that the Panthers are going to start to build something here. Look, I look back at their schedule when it first released, and I remember writing about how their schedule to start the year was not great. Weeks one through eight, they had one of the more difficult schedules, but... The rest of the way, it was a top five schedule in terms of how easy it was going to be. And when you just look at the Panthers schedule, like, okay, like there are some spots here. We could start this team, start to, you know, put together some wins. And that means we're going to see more offensive output. 
They're at home where they've already played a much better this season than on the road. So I like Bryce Young as a streaming quarterback that you can kind of plug in. I think he could have a, a ceiling game in this matchup for tight end. Jake Ferguson. Look, uh, Ferguson has the number one schedule rest of the season for tight ends, and it's going to continue. Like last week, he caught a touchdown. He's facing the Eagles this week. They are not good against tight ends. This has been a team that we targeted in the middle of the field. That's how you attack this Eagles defense. 32nd in DDOA versus tight ends. Jake Ferguson sees all the red zone targets, unfortunately for Tony Pollard managers, but he gets all the red zone targets and he scores touchdowns. So in a game that could shoot out between the Eagles and Cowboys, I like Jake Ferguson. Just keep him in your lineup, stay in the flames with Jake Ferguson. And then lastly, DST Patriots, number one overall in the projections. They're playing Sam Howell, who has the most turnover worthy plays over the last two weeks. He actually has not converted those into actual turnovers. Again, if you're going to keep dropping back to throw the ball, it's more times that you're going to create opportunities for turnovers. Patriots defense is heated up in terms of creating turnovers. So I think that Patriots commanders game could get wacky because both Sam Howell and Mac Jones love to turn the ball over, <laughs> take sacks and do horrible things. So it should be a fun watch. I don't know if I will be happy at the end of the game, but I think that both DSTs are in play. I think some crazy stuff could happen in that game and you're going to want the Patriots DST in your lineup. I feel like this is totally anecdotal. I didn't look it up, but I feel like the last like three weeks, you guys are just alternating who picks Luke Musgrave and who picks Jake Ferguson as your must start tight end of the week. <laughs> I can't remember the last time we picked a different tight end for this section of the show. And they're good choices, but uh, yeah, there's, little, there's not that much to work with. Where like, yeah. I was going to say tight ends ugly, man. It's uh, ugly. Yeah. Uh, Erickson, I wanted to ask on uh, on Bryce Young. So he's ECR QB 16 this week. Some of the names around him, Baker Mayfield, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, Jordan Love, Gardner Minshew. Are you starting any of those guys over Bryce Young or is he ahead of all of them for you? I mean, he's ahead of all. I mean, he's like my number one, like, waiver wire quarterback. Like, the only guys I have ahead of him are Stroud, Carr, Prescott, and then, like, the rest of the, the QB ones. But, like, ahead of Smith, Minshew, Love, Howell, Jones, Heineke, Pickett, like, all those guys that you're like, oh, okay, should I stream this guy's like, I needed a quarterback because, again, I, I talked about this last week actually off the air when I talked about how I dropped CJ Stroud <laughs> to pick up Sean Watson. <laughs> hey, to see and it. that killed me. Guys, guess yeah, who I started? Hey, to this, see this, it. This, this past week, I got I started Kenny Pickett as the quarterback, <laughs> and I lost again. Um, <laughs> so this week, I, I picked up Bryce Young. So that's the guy I'm going to be rolling with. But, but guys, there's light at the end of the tunnel because the guy that picked up Stroud dropped him. So if I can, if he can clear through waivers, I can get CJ Stroud back on the team and then he'll be in my lineup. But for right now, well Bryce Young is in his QB1. All, so. all I heard Fingers out crossed. of that entire soliloquy was Erickson is snake biting quarterbacks. He picked up Deshaun Watson, out. Picked up Kenny Pickett, out. Now he picked up Bryce Young. I mean, we're just following the correlation. I'm going to try to get Stroud back. Do not do no, 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 no. Do not get Stroud. Do not get Stroud. I don't, I want him to play all week. No, 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 no. I have no more waiver wire money to work with. So I'm speaking to you, Erickson's league. Pick up Stroud. Don't let him get him. Don't put the juju on that man. Don't. All right. All right. We got to wrap up. Quick recap here. Amari DiMercato, Kareem Hunt, Royce Freeman, James Cook, Joe Mixon, Zach Charbonnet are our must-start running backs. At wide receiver, we're starting Amari Cooper, Demario Douglas, Michael Pittman, Nico Collins, Rasheed Rice, and Josh Downs. At quarterback, Derek Carr and Bryce Young. At tight end, you guessed it, Luke Musgrave and Jake Ferguson. And the defense special teams is the Giants and the Patriots. Sits. Guys, let's start where we always do with the must-sit running backs. And Erickson, we will start with you. 
Yeah, so going back to Gus Edwards here. We talked about starting him last week. That came through three touchdowns. It was a great matchup against the Cardinals. Not the case here. Uh, they're playing on. They're playing at home, but they're playing against the Seattle Seahawks, who have a very fierce run defense. And they just added Leonard Williams, who was one of the best run defenders run defenders for the New York Giants before the trade deadline. So for me, Gus Edwards is a very matchup dependent running back. Like you play him in spots where you can see the Ravens running away with the game against bad run defenses, like it was last week. I don't necessarily anticipate that being the case here against the Seattle Seahawks. 3.2 yards per carry allowed the season. Fifth fewest rushing yards allowed per game. 3.1 yards per carry allowed to just running backs. So for me, Gus Edwards is a boomer bust kind of guy. If he falls in the end zone, like you're going to feel great about it. But the fact that he scored three touchdowns last week has me kind of leaning towards, all right, I don't think he's going to find the end zone again after scoring so many touchdowns just last week. So Gus Edwards is going to be a sit for me um, in week nine. We're going to hit on some other players from this matchup later on in the show, but I am curious, do you think this is going to be a high-scoring or a low-scoring game? Because it's two really talented offenses with a lot of pieces, but it's also two defenses that have been playing at a pretty elite level for at least the last month, if not longer, for the Ravens. So, Erickson, do you expect this to be a high-scoring matchup or or kind of more low-scoring? So when I wrote this game up in the Betting Pros Primer, which gets released every Friday morning, I, you know, went in thinking, like, right, you know, Ravens are a typical under team. You know, that's usually you want to bet the under when the Ravens play, but the Ravens are also a team that plays up to their competition. You know, last week we saw with the Cardinals, like, they're playing the bad Cardinals team to let them hang around. They don't put them out of the game, and then the Ravens didn't even cover because the Cardinals were able to score in garbage time late with Trey McBride. So... I, I think it actually has some, you know, recipe of a sneaky shootout. Again, you look at the defenses, it's like, all right, well, who have they played? Now, then the one way that it doesn't go over is you see the same result that happened in the Lions game where the, the Seahawks just do nothing on offense. Like, that's totally possible. But I do like the Ravens offense overall. I like Lamar a lot in this particular matchup. You know, I don't necessarily really care about how good the Seahawks defense has been over the last couple of weeks because they haven't really played a lot of great quarterbacks outside of Joe Burrow, who is still coming back off of the injury. So um, I, I do think that there is a chance that this game does shoot out, um, which is very different from what you typically see from Ravens when they're heavy favorites, especially at home. Let's move to the next player here. Debro, who's your top must-sit running back? It's got to be Ramondre Stevenson. I give up. I wave the white flag. I give up. I, 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 the, the, I, I have lost hope for Ramondre Stevenson this season. It, it just it's happened, guys. Um, <sighs> he's not breaking tackles. He's not doing much of anything with the touches that he's given. He's getting 15.2 touches per game. What has he done with that? 60 total yards. And most of the touchdowns get vultured by Ezekiel Elliott. It's been a great time to have Ramondre Stevenson on your fantasy rosters. And, and I say this all with the caveat that I understand the commanders traded away most of their defensive line. So probably all the run defense stats where they've been a good run defense. We could just toss those out the window because no Chase Young, no Montez Sweat. Obviously, that's going to change things. But... Well, we're talking about a guy that out of 65 qualifying running backs, he's 55th in explosive run rate. He's 50th in missed tackles force per attempt. Oh, and look at that. He's 62nd out of 65 running backs in yards after contact per attempt. They might not even field a defensive line. They could drop everybody back in coverage. And I don't even know if Ramondre Stevenson can get more than four yards per carry. So sit him, sit him, sit him. Yeah, Erickson, are you kind of also 
waving the white flag on Ramondre because he's gotten a lot of love for most of the season from both of you guys. But here we are again, halfway through the year. And at a certain point, is it just time to say, you know, this was a miss? I I mean, you know, I hate to come on here and say, oh, well, he's been so good. You know, we were right about Ramondre. But at the same time, Ugh. the schedule has been so bad for the Patriots. Like they're always behind in games. And, you know, Debro is specifically pointing out all of the rushing lack of rushing for Ramondre, but you didn't mention the receiving that has been actually on the uptick the last couple of weeks. He had six catches. The only thing keeping him alive well, though. Well, but that's what I'm saying, but that still matters. Like you can't say, oh well, he's not he's a zero in the passing game because he's not. Like he still does catch passing that adds value in fantasy football. He has multiple catches in his last three games. He has more than five catches in two of his last three games. Like and that still matters. And look from someone that watches every single Patriots game, like he doesn't look bad when he's out in space. Like he still breaks tackles when he's out in space. It's just when he's in between the tackles is when he's getting stuffed most of the time because the Patriots offensive line has been injured. So look right now, like Debro is right about how he's basically hit rock bottom, which is why I think that he's like an interesting buy low because the Patriots schedule is much easier. Like, and nobody wants him. So at the end of the day, like we know Ramondre is a good running back. Just like we know Tony Pollard's a good running back. Like Pollard was a guy I thought was like screaming buy low running back this week. It's like, look, Unless he just totally just forgot how to be good at football, which I don't think that he did. Mm. I think the same thing with Ramondre. Nobody wants him right now. So I get if you don't want to start him, uh, that's fine. But in a game where the Patriots are favored to win, which doesn't happen very frequently, <laughs> I, I mean, I think that he can still be an RB2. I think Quick, the matchup quickly, Debra, where's the rest of season for you? Oh, say that um, again. Oh. I think, Debra, I think, go ahead, buddy. I was just asking rest of season. Um, to where is he at rest of the season? He's probably going to be somewhere in the low end RB two category. Let me see where I've got Ramondre. I've got him at RB twenty four. I mean, he's hugged up right next to Rashad White, uh, Aaron Jones. I mean, really, it's just a category of running backs where I don't want much to do with. And for as far as Ramondre, I think that if you look over the last three weeks, I think he was greatly helped because they faced the Raiders and the Buffalo Bills, who are arguably t- bottom five run defense. And now, now maybe the commanders enter that conversation and, you know, with them trading away their entire defensive line, they say, hey, 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 that bottom five table, welcome us, get us a seat there. But outside of that, it's difficult to have any faith in him this week. Erickson, give me your next must-sit running back. So this is another guy. I'm basically like just running back all the guys I talked about to start last week. Um, this one didn't go as well. Damian Pierce, even though he got stuffed at the goal line, he had a touchdown oh, called geez. back. So he would have bailed us out with the touchdown, but he did not score. Instead, it was uh, Beck, <laughs> the fullback, and C.J. Stroud rushing a touchdown. And so uh, Damian Pierce ran very poorly last week in, in the smash spot against the Carolina Panthers. Much tougher matchup this week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're one of two defenses this year that has not allowed a rushing touchdown to a running back. Now that could be, oh, they're regressing. It's going to happen eventually. Well, considering how bad Damian Pierce has been, especially when it comes to just like scoring touchdowns, like I'm not optimistic that he's going to be able to find pay dirt in this particular matchup. And the fact that out of the bye week, Devin Singletary was basically still heavily involved like we saw before which i wasn't sure that was going to carry over the usage you know pierce only played two more snaps than devin singletary in a pretty close back and forth game against the carolina panthers so damian pierce is you know he's a committee back right now 
Um, if the game gets out of hand where the Texans are trailing in points, you don't expect Pierce to really be involved whatsoever. Like, he's not even involved in the passing game. So, you talked about Ramondre as a sit player. I mean, I would rather sit Damian Pierce because he doesn't catch passes at all. And I don't know what his touchdown equity is going to be in a matchup against a tough Buccaneers defensive front. So Damian Pierce for me is someone that I really feel like you can just kind of sit and you don't really need to worry about him burning you in any capacity. And he's got an ankle injury. So if he's going to be limited at all, Devin Singletary could outsnap him this week. Debra, I was going to ask sort of the same thing I, I posed to Erickson where we're halfway through the season. Is it time to just say like Pierce was kind of officially a miss yep. this year? I mean, he's only topped 60 yards twice. He's only topped 50 yards twice. He got 66 in one game. He got 81 in another. Other than that, mm. 46 and then a whole bunch of games in the 30s just hasn't been there. It hasn't been there. And the problem for Damian Pierce is he the offensive line has been terrible. They they have been injured. They're not blocking well. And I mean, you could look at both his and Devin Singletary's uh, tackle breaking metrics. And as far as missed tackles forced per attempt, they've been great. Both of them. They're both top 20, top 24 amongst running backs, which they're breaking tackles. But it's hard to do anything when you're getting contacted behind the line of scrimmage as soon as you get the ball in your hands. One yard. Like, you look at yards before contact per attempt, Houston is abysmal. So while they might be able to keep C.J. Stroud clean in the pocket, they have been terrible with a capital T as far as run blocking this year. So, yes, wave the white flag. If you need new tires for your car, Discount Tire is your go-to. They have exceptional service, and you get a 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. They have this really cool feature called Treadwell, which is an online tire buying guide that gives you transparency on tire performance, as well as personalized recommendations based on your location and driving habits. Discount Tire is also the largest independent tire retailer in the country, so it has the biggest selection of tires and wheels and here's a pro tip from the experts at discount tire you can prevent wear and boost gas mileage by keeping your tires properly inflated tire pressure supports the weight of your vehicle and is important to check for safety so if it's been over a month since you last checked your tire pressure stop by one of their local stores for a free tire safety and air pressure check discount tire let's get you taken care of d bro give me your next must sit running back well, I understand that a lot of people are going to have to start him this week, and I get it because of buys and things, but Rashad White, temper your expectations. And I'm going to say this with a caveat that, yes, I understand that over the last, like, talk about how Erickson was talking about Ramondre and the receiving. The receiving has absolutely bailed Rashad White out. He's got 135 receiving guards over the last two games. So I understand that. Get it. But if you look at this matchup versus Houston, I think this is a big day for Baker Mayfield and these wide receivers, especially Mike Evans, because they have been giving it up to the deep ball. So in a game script where I don't know that the Buccaneers are going to be losing this game, much as are we going to get 50 freaking checkdowns to Rashad White at the end of the game to save his day. If you look at how the Texans have been as a run defense, they've been pretty good. Eighth lowest explosive run rate, second lowest yards per carry allowed to zone runs, which Rashad White, 56% of his carries have been on zone runs. So in the rushing department, I think he's going to be a zero this week. And as far as the checkdowns, I just don't know that the receiving volume is going to be there for him, even though the Texans have given it up to receiving backs. I think this is a big game for Baker Mayfield, and he's going to throw deep, and I think it's a big game for Mike Evans. And if they're in positive game scripts, we're not going to need the 50 checkdowns to Rashad White, so he could disappoint people. 
Yeah, the I mean, his ranking in ECR is RB15, you know, a high end RB2. But I think to your point, that is a lot of running backs on by or, weeks. you know, still yep. obviously injuries. Like, I don't think that's really reflective of no. the confidence most people would have in white. It's just who else are you going to put there? Uh, so let's go to the next player here, Erickson. Who's your final must sit running back? Uh, Roshan Johnson. So he came back last week for the Chicago Bears, but the Bears are, you know, trotting out this three-headed uh, running back by committee. That's really gross. Like each guy is basically playing a third of the snaps. Foreman's usually the guy leading in carries. You're, I mean, Darrington Evans is the other. I, I, I couldn't even remember the other running back they have. <laughs> Darrington Evans was the one that scored the touchdown last week. So it's just like a ugly committee on a Bears offense that it's like. We can't get a lot of fantasy production unless we're really getting all the touches for one guy. So although I think Roshan is still the guy to own, like I've seen him get dropped in a bunch of leagues. I wouldn't I would have him on my bench because if anyone's going to emerge, it would probably be him at this point as the Bears kind of look ahead to the future to kind of evaluate a guy they really liked preseason before he got hurt. So I like stashing Roshan for some better matchups down the line to see if his usage increases. But just based on what we've seen so far, three-headed committee and the Saints, fourth fewest fantasy points allowed to running backs this season, just not a good matchup. If it was a better matchup, maybe I could make the case for starting Roshan. But in a bad matchup like this, I, I really would rather look elsewhere. Debro, you're even lower on Roshan than Erickson is in the rankings. I, well, it's, it's because exactly what Erickson talked about. Right? It's a three-headed committee. I mean, I was really high on Roshan in the rankings last week because I was like, okay, well, yeah, Foreman gets the early down work. Not a great matchup versus the Chargers as far as rushing goes. But hey, receiving backs, baby, let's go. And then the Bears were like, but you know, we must get routes for Darrington Evans, right? We must get red zone touches for Darrington Evans, right? Like Darrington Evans, didn't he? Roshan still led this backfield at routes run last last week. But Darrington Evans walked away with the most red zone touches. Like, what are we doing here? A three-headed backfield? Like, and there are multiple teams in the NFL that are doing this right now. Like, does that seem to work? Does that ever work out well for your offense when you split the work up into three ways? Did it work out well for the Cardinals? No. The Bears? No. So, no, I, I do not want anything. I'm with Erickson. I don't want anything to do with Roshan this week. Let's stick with you, Debra, for your last must-sit running back. Well, speaking of a guy that was in the three-way backfield, but uh, has been... Condensed back down to two, and it still doesn't matter. Brian Robinson. Don't want anything to do with that man. Mm -mm. Do not start him. You're looking at this matchup uh, this week. Uh, look, I talked about the other side of this uh, run defense that's allowing the sixth lowest explosive run rate, highest stuff rate. I am not starting Brian Robinson. This easily could be a matchup where we see more Antonio Gibson, depending on how the game script goes. So, versus Patriots, I mean, They've been stopping everything on the ground. So no, sit Brian Robinson. Let's check out the Who Do I Start tool. This is free to use at fantasypros.com slash start. Anybody can head there and put in your own starter sit questions up to four players at a time, which is a feature I quite like. You can even pick and choose which experts your decision draws from. Again, this is free to use at fantasypros.com slash start. So Erickson, I will throw a couple of these options your way. Are you starting Gus Edwards or Chuba Hubbard this week? I would start uh, Chuba Hubbard. How about Damian Pierce or Amari DiMercato? So, yeah, Amari DiMercato is a interesting guy because they've used him in a different way every single week. <laughs> so, like, I don't know what is, like, one week it's like he doesn't play at all. The next week he plays 80% of the staffs. The next week he does something different. So he's a total wild card um, just in terms of, like, what his role is going to be and the fact that Clayton Toon is going to start and they're playing the Browns. 
like at least I feel more confident about like what Pierce can do and like what his role is you know, is on the offense. So unless it's a like, full PPR, I think I'd probably sell with Demarcado, but half PPR standard. I think I'm just gonna roll with with Damian Pierce and just pray that he falls in the end zone because I don't even know if Demarcado is gonna have a chance to score or is even in the red zone back for the Cardinals at this point. So I'm hedging. Who do you like in that one, D-Rope? Damian Pierce or Demarcado? I'm going to go Demarcado. And this is assuming that he plays. I know he's uh, got the toe injury and stuff, missed practice on Wednesday. So with the assumption that he plays, I'm handily for Demarcado. Uh, the matchup is fantastic for him this week. Worth mentioning, since we already moved past him, Gus Edwards also on the injury report on Wednesday. I haven't seen anything that makes me think he's not going to be ready to go for Sunday, though. Uh, and then lastly, Erickson, Roshan Johnson or Deontay Foreman? Just a couple of Bears running Ugh. backs. Who do you like? I mean, I'm going to stay with Roshan. Like, I think yeah. he's still the running yeah. back. If you have to start a Bears running back, he would be the guy um, that I would play. Debro, how about Ramondre Stevenson or Aaron Jones this week? Blech. Um, I'll go Aaron Jones, the matchup plus the talent. Um, we saw Aaron Jones play his highest snap percentage of the season. Now he didn't do a lot with the work, but I would handily take Aaron Jones and just say, you know what? Hope the talent, the explosiveness is somewhere in there. Don't think it's there for Ramondre this year. Rashad white or the aforementioned Gus Edwards. I'm going to go with Rashad white. That matchup for Gus Edwards is terrible versus Seattle. And how about Brian Robinson or Zach Moss this week? Oh, Zach Moss. I have Zach Moss. Uh, I'm probably going to have, yeah, I've got Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor as both top 24 running backs. I mean, okay. really considering how, how terrible and it gets, dude, it gets nasty, like really fast. Like once you get going down the ranks, <laughs> like you get past RV 13 or 14, 15, you're like, yeah, so we're just going to lean a little bit extra into this beautiful matchup versus the Panthers for Zach Moss. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's go to the must-sit wide receivers. Erickson, starting with you. I'm going to sit Terry McLaurin uh, for the Commanders. I really don't like this spot a lot for Washington heading on the road to play the Patriots. I know their defense has given up a lot of points the last couple of weeks, but it's been against some of these more elite passers between Josh Allen and Tua. So for me, I think this is a down spot for the Commanders passing offense potentially and the fact that the Patriots have been so good about taking away number one wide receivers like Terry McLaurin who is the number one on his team their number one in DVOA versus number one wide receivers so I think they're going to throw everything at McLaurin and force Sam Howell to throw to other players which for most of the season he's been fine doing like before the last two weeks like we've seen McLaurin's target share hover under 17 percent where he's not seeing more targets than Dotson or Curtis Samuel or some of these other guys Logan Thomas so if they're going to spread the wealth I think McLaurin could have a down game in terms of targets, and I'm not so sure how efficient he's going to be um, with Sam Howell. So I'm going to sit Terry McLaurin. Debra, who's your first must-sit receiver? Well, I'm going to bring up Gabe Davis here. Uh, the, the outside corners for Cincinnati have have been outstanding. Ever since they made the move away from Chidobia Wouzier, he's now a part-time player for the Bengals and went to DJ Turner. DJ Turner is allowing a 41% catch rate, 50 pass rating in his coverage, and Cam Taylor Britt has given him a run for his money on the other side. 55% catch rate, 76 pass rating allowed in his coverage. These guys have been absolutely fantastic. Now, is there a path considering the way that you beat Cincinnati, play action, things like that? Is there a path for Gabriel Davis? Because the man had a 50% target share on play action passes last week, and we saw how he did. It's there. 
But these outside corners for Cincinnati are fantastic. If I've got other options in that same type of realm in the rankings or flex-wise, I'm going with them over Gabriel Davis. Is Davis the type of guy that you want to just like say start him every week knowing you you like you don't want to miss out on the boom weeks even if you're going to have to kind of swallow the bust weeks? Yeah, I mean that's really what where he's at now. I mean, he's the downfield field stretching guy for Buffalo and Tied to Josh Allen's arm, which we didn't even talk about. He's dealing with a shoulder injury. So do they run more in this matchup? Because they can. You can run on Cincinnati. But I think the bigger point about Gabriel Davis is, yes, it's kind of like, um, I'm not going to put so much the onus, but the same reason why you start George Kittle every single week. I'm not saying that they're in the same tier, but you deal with the 30 receiving yard games for George Kittle because you know also it's in his bag to get 150 one week and win you the week. So same thing for Gabriel Davis. Erickson, who's your next wide receiver on this list? Jacoby Myers. Uh, don't want to play Jacoby Myers. We saw his worst game of the season, actually, besides last Monday night, which was technically his worst game of the season. Um, his other worst game of the season came with Aiden O'Connell drawing the start against the Chargers. Jacoby Myers was not as involved. Um, I'm really interested to see how Myers' role changes or is different without Josh McDaniels, because Josh McDaniels was the guy that brought him there. Like he's one of these expatriates players that McDaniels brought in. McDaniels obviously out as the head coach. So how is this going to, what's the trickle down effect going to be? Like, do they go back to Hunter Renfro? Hunter Renfro played more than he's ever played last week and they didn't trade him. So, and, and they're paying for Renfro a lot of money too. So does he get more involved? Does the target share spread out a little bit more? It's not so concentrated on just Jacoby Myers and Devonta Adams. And I mean, if De- Adams doesn't get like 15 targets from Aiden O'Connell, which I think that he can go in the huddle and demand <laughs> Aiden O'Connell throw him the ball on every single play. And he's like, I'm not going to argue with this guy. I'm just going to throw it to him. That has me concerned about Myers. Again, such a hot start for Jacoby Myers, but we may see some regression kind of kick in here where he's not as heavily targeted with all the changes happening in the Raiders offense. I would really like to see it first to see, okay, his role hasn't changed. So even though the matchup is pretty good on paper, I I think it's okay to shy away from Jacoby Myers this week. Are you expecting a general like that first week with the interim coach? You saw oftentimes see a bump from teams, even if it doesn't specifically apply to Myers. Do you think we will see that for like other guys in this Raiders offense? I mean, probably Ad- like Adams is the only guy that comes to mind, to be totally honest, because like he was so open on like so many of those plays against the Lions and just Jimmy Garoppolo kept just airballing him left and right. And I really think that like Aiden O'Connell is going to just like hyper target Adams because all we can practice is going to be like, give me the ball. And if you're a rookie, like what are you supposed to do? Like look elsewhere. It's like, no, he's going to throw the ball to Adams and Adams has shown he's going to get 20 targets. Like he's going to deliver more often than not. So I mean, Jacobs has been just bad anyway as like a rushing as a running back, like an efficiency. So I don't really see like why that would change. You know, the run blocking scheme is not going to get that much different. So I think for the most part, it's probably just Adams and, the Raiders offense, I think, will probably just be lackluster overall because Aiden O'Connell's really, you know, not that special. Debra, who's your next must-sit receiver? <sighs> Gwen, uh, again, I, I get people are probably going to have to start him anyway, and I, and I understand that. But Devonta Smith, I know he's coming off a big game. But again, going to the matchup, Dallas has allowed the third lowest PPR points per target this season to perimeter wide receivers. Their outside corners are playing amazing. Fantastic football. Deron Bland, 22 pass rating. And yes, you heard me right. 
22.6 passer rating in his coverage allowed. Stefan Gilmore is still that guy. 74 passer rating in his coverage. So, there, again, with play action, and this is how you beat the Dallas Cowboys secondary, there is an avenue for Devonta Smith to walk away with a good game. But if you can sit him, if you're stacked at wide receiver, if you've got other options... I would say you need to consider sitting him this week because the matchup is horrendous. And we could see, I mean, there's no stopping A.J. Brown. Nobody could stop. The only person that could stop A.J. Brown is A.J. Brown at this point. And I think we could see a lot of running out of the Philadelphia Eagles because the Cowboys, you can get over on their run defense. Do you think fantasy managers who have been waiting for the Devonta Smith breakout game since week two, you know, to, to finally follow that up, are going to be willing to sit him coming off of actually having a really good game. Hold on. Like just like the mental side of fantasy. Like I feel like managers, if they're like just begging to get somebody like, please, this is a stud. I've been just waiting for him in my life. And he finally hits it. They're not, they're not likely to sit him the next game. Right? No, they're probably not likely to sit him. And I, and I understand that. I, I really do get that, but this matchup is horrendous. And if we were to, to have this same conversation last week before the big game for Devonta Smith, I think people be more in tune and being like, okay, fine, I'm going to sit him. But now that they've seen a bigger or a bounce back game from Devonta Smith, they're more likely to chase that as opposed to being like, well, it's been all AJ Brown. Um, when's that going to ever happen? Oh, it's a tough matchup. Okay. I need to probably sit him. Erickson, give me your last must sit receiver. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, rookie wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. I uh, don't have the matchup against the Ravens. Fifth fewest fantasy points per game allowed to wide receivers. Um, and they play more man coverage than zone coverage, which is similar to what the Browns do on offense. So, and last week, what did we see from JSN? Four targets. Like he didn't get a lot of targets in that particular matchup. It was DK Metcalf, who again, going back to the splits of man versus zone, like DK Metcalf is the guy they always go to in man. And I know Lockett had a pretty good game too, but as the guy that they use in the slot the most, like JSN wants to face defenses that are playing zone. Like that's where he's going to see more favorable looks, not necessarily against a defense that plays more man coverage like the Browns last week and like the Ravens this week. So if JSN hadn't caught a touchdown like last week, then he would have been a bust last week. So he wouldn't have done a lot for your lineup. So I know he's caught touchdowns in back-to-back weeks, but one of those games Metcalf missed entirely. Metcalf was still more involved. He was third in terms, again, not a lot of targets last week against the man coverage defense. And I just, so I think JSN has been running hot with the scoring. I don't know if he's going to find the end zone this week. So I think that he's okay to sit, even though he's had two productive weeks back-to-back. I'm totally with you on this one, Erickson. By the way, uh, JSN, it makes me so furious they tossed him right back into this no A dot role. His A dot last week, 0.8. Why? Just why, Shane Walter? <laughs> and they keep like, using why? Jake Bo- And they have this obsession with Jake Bobo around the end zone for some reason. <laughs> I, I don't understand it. You 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 show that you have the ability, you have the know-how to use JSN down the field. Give him an A dot. Nah! Well, we could just throw him pop passes like right at the line of scrimmage. We have to, right? Hmm? It's frustrating. This is, I'm with you on JSN this week. This is maybe a larger philosophical discussion for an offseason episode maybe. Mm. But you said something there, Erickson, about JSN, if he didn't catch a touchdown, would have busted the last couple of weeks. Isn't that true for most receivers? Like the, the number of guys who won't 
like who don't need a touchdown in order to have a good fantasy week is pretty small, right? Like it's kind of at the end of the day, all about touchdowns, right? Not in full PPR. I mean, ask anyone that owns Deontay Johnson. Like there's a reason why there are certain players that you can draft in certain formats over other players. Um, And touchdowns are the most fluky statistic, you know, left and right, you know, or when you basically look at the season in totality, like that's something that's super fluky. You know, his touchdown, touchdown variance is very, very real. So it's like when a guy is running so hot on touchdowns, when it's like this guy is catching all of his red zone targets for touchdowns, eventually it's going to regress and not in a way that you want versus other players who this guy's getting so many red zone targets. He's never scoring any week. Eventually he's going to find the end zone. And those are things you want to catch before they happen. Like Chris Godwin scored last week after seeing the most red zone targets. DeAndre Hopkins, he had zero touchdowns and then broke out for three touchdowns despite having the most red zone targets on the Tennessee Titans, you know, in that matchup for the Tennessee Titans. So for me, it's like, yeah, you know, touchdowns are very fluky. So it's something that if you guys are running hot with them, it's like, hey, this is going to regress. So I need to get ahead of it sooner rather than later. Side note, um, how bad do you think Twitter will melt down or just our, our, our collective consciousness will melt down? If Deontay Johnson goes an entire season, the rest of the season without catching another touchdown, like <laughs> I, 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 don't I don't know, know when this person, when people are listening to this, but he's scoring. He's going to score this week. Okay, Deontay Johnson. Okay. I, hater. I hope for all of our sanity that you're right, Erickson. I really do. I'm putting my money on it. The anytime <laughs> touchdown is happening for Deontay Johnson. I put my money what's on it. Got, it's got to be up to what plus four hundred plus two thousand. <laughs> no, it's actually <laughs> really like not that long of odds. Honestly, uh, it was like because the linear value. are like, well, it's got to happen sometime, <laughs> baby. They know about the regression. They know it's happening. So, all right, let's let's go to the last must-sit receiver here, Debra. Oi, all right. Well, uh, keep talking about all these guys. That people are gonna have to start. I get it if you got to start DJ more, but you need to temper expectations, man. This matchup is horrendous for DJ Moore. The perimeter perimeter wide receivers versus the New Orleans Saints have a, had the lowest PPR points per target and the lowest receiving yards per game. Marshawn Lattimore and Paulson Adebo have been fantastic. Marshawn Lattimore, 76 passer rating in his coverage. Paulson Adebo, 43 passer rating in his coverage. Um, I, I think it, it, I'm not going to be crazy here, but and this is just a hot take, obviously, but I think if you want a wide receiver to start for Chicago with the matchup and such, Darnell Mooney might finish up with a better day than DJ Moore this week, which is crazy to say, but these outside corners for the saints have been playing out of their minds lately. So if you can sit DJ Moore. Worth noting, since that huge blow-up game on Thursday night against the Commanders, uh, he has not reached double-digit scoring in half PPR in any game since then. So he has been somewhat cold since that huge blow-up game. But like you said, again, with the buys going on, probably most people are in a position where they're going to need to start him, but but will be good to temper expectations. Erickson, here's our who-do-I-start. Terry McLaurin or, and this name's going to sound crazy, but they're actually back-to-back in the consensus rankings Terry McLaurin or Puka Nakua? I'm starting Puka Nakua. All right. They're, they're, like I said, they are back to They're 17th and 18th in ECR. Debro, are you also just, you're not overthinking it. You're sticking with Puka. Worm, do you think you're really going to get me on air on a show to say to sit Puka Nakua? Is that where we're I'm going? Just do you think, do you think I'm really going to say that? Questions. No. I'm not, just asking just, questions no, no, here. Not going to do that. Not, 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 not doing that to my mans. Never. Uh-uh. <laughs> All right, Erickson, uh, Jacoby Myers or Tyler Lockett? Mm, I mean, I guess Oof. Lockett. I don't really love it, like, either guy necessarily, but I'll take 
take Lockett, who's just, I think, maybe a little more. Cons- I mean, he has got Geno Smith. Like, he's got the better quarterback, so I'll just go Lockett. And speaking of Geno Smith, how about JSN or Jahan Dotson this Ooh. week? See, this, this is a good one. This Ooh. is a good one you brought to the table because Dotson has just been <laughs> so bad all year. But last week, he was better. And the week before, he did see a decent amount of targets. And I wrote him off in the fantasy forecast because I dropped him and I was like so disappointed with how he's done all season. I was like, avoid this guy. If he got dropped, don't pick him up. Then I thought about it more and I was like, you know, the Patriots are really good against number one receivers, not that good against number two receivers. And the fact that his boosted production last week coincided with Curtis Samuel being hurt, I don't think that's nothing. Like, so I thought about it a little bit more. I was like, you know what? Dude, Dotson might actually be in a decent spot here. I know we all kind of wrote him off after such a slow start, but if he's going to get see the most targets in this offense, which he has at, at points this season, he has a full-time role. I, I think I'm going to roll with uh, Jahan Dotson here. Quickly, Debra, who do you like in that side, JSN or Dotson? Uh, uh, I'm going to go JSN, and this, this leans to, um, and I wrote this up in the primer, Dotson has disappeared versus man coverage. That man doesn't even have a 12% target share versus man coverage. So I... I just feel like we're chasing here, and then the Patriots man coverage, I just think Dotson's going to get wiped off the board. So give me JSN. As much as I don't want to chase 0.8 ADOT at all, I got to go between the two guys. I'll take JSN. All right, D-Rose, some for you as well here. Gabe Davis or George Pickens this week? Give me Gabe Davis. I'll take take the guy in in the... High total in the shootout over uh, George Pickens, who's going to catch passes from a less than fully healthy Kenny Pickett. Devonta Smith or Chris Olave? Oh, I'm going to Chris Olave. I think that this is the the regression, the big game that we've been <laughs> waiting for for Chris Olave. And I know we can easily say that, like every week, but I just look. If the ball doesn't bounce off of his helmet, he's got to catch it right. Like it's got to eventually <laughs> happen, guys. Huh? Come on. Uh, how about DJ Moore or Terry McLaurin? I'm going to go with Terry here. I'm higher on Terry this week. Um, it, it, now, Erickson, I'm kind of curious. Where do you have Terry McLaurin ranked right now? Because I'm higher on him. He is the guy to beat man coverage. If there's anybody on this commander's roster that can beat man coverage, the, their passing offense is going to have to flow through Terry McLaurin. And I, and I understand the concerns about number one wide receivers versus the Patriots, but I'm going McLaurin here. Where do you have him ranked? I mean, he's a wide receiver too. I mean, he's a wide receiver too every single week because that's okay. what he always does. Like it's like again, I got it's like one of these things where so. he's gonna probably give you a decent floor, but the Patriots also know like that he's clearly their best wide receiver, so they're yeah. gonna try to sell out to stop him and let you know the other Commanders players try to beat their defense because that's just what Bill Belichick does, and it's been pretty successful um, this season in particular. Uh, must say, quarterback, tight end, and defense slash special teams. Erickson, who you got? All right, I've talked about the Commanders, pass catchers, and McLaurin. Sam Howell, I just think that he's a super matchup-dependent quarterback. Saw him do excellent, you know, QB1 overall, I believe, last week against the Eagles. He's been great against the Eagles, great against the Broncos. But we've seen him also be really bad against the Bills, Bears, and Giants. And I just think that an inexperienced quarterback playing on the road at Gillette Stadium against the Patriots is just not a good spot. I think this is where we're going to see a down game from Sam Howell. So I'm going to sit him. Trey McBride. Um, I came on the show last week, said to sit Trey McBride, and he absolutely threw it in my face after seeing 14 targets, scoring a touchdown that he willed his way into the end zone. But I'm going to double down here because I hate the matchup. 
Browns are the number one team against tight ends. And again, Trey McBride had all of his production in garbage time. I, I, that's not going to sustain week over week. And you can say, oh, well, it's the Cardinals, Andrew. Like, they're always in garbage time. It's like, yeah, well, some defenses don't just let the other team throw the ball against them. And the fact that it's the Browns starting P.J. Walker, I don't know if they're just going to jump out to this, like, massive lead, even if it's against Clayton Toon. And that's the other, back, other factor here, a brand-new quarterback. Like, what's the target share going to be like for tight ends? So I think there's just enough question marks about Trey McBride. I know that 14 targets looked so great last week, but... Look, Zacherts had a lot of games with a lot of targets too in the next weeks. They didn't always carry over. So I would be concerned about McBride, especially in the worst matchup you could ask for, for a tight end. And then DST, bench the Buccaneers. Look, I know CJ Stroud's a rookie quarterback, but he doesn't turn the ball over. Like he doesn't get sacked. He doesn't throw interceptions. And that's what you need when you start a DST in fantasy. So I'm going to sit the Buccaneers. Sam Howell or Gardner Minshew this week? I would probably start Minshew, I think. All right, Debro, take us home. I'm confident about that, Erickson. I mean, I just, really, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. they're both bad. Like, I really don't want to play either of them. <laughs> like, it's, I'd rather play Bryce Young. I'd rather play Bryce Young. There. Yep. I'd rather play Bryce Young than both of them. Really? All right. I would take the mustache. Right. Give me the mustache. Debro, give me your uh, your last players here. Oh, I, I, I don't want any part of Taylor Heineke. I, I was, I was going to come on here and tell you to sit Desmond Ritter anyway, but uh, apparently Arthur Smith beat me to that. So um, now I'm just going to tell you to sit Taylor Heineke. This matchup versus the Minnesota uh, Vikings, one, they're blitzing at the highest rate in, in the NFL. So Taylor Heineke, we've seen him be very up and down versus pressure in the past. So I'm not going to tell you that Taylor Heineke is going to be good versus pressure, especially when they're bringing the blitz at the highest rate. And plus, the other part about this is since week five, this secondary has been playing better. People don't want to give it credit, but it's true. Since week five, Minnesota is allowing the 11th lowest yards per attempt, the 12th lowest pass rating, and the 12th fewest fantasy points per game to passing. So Taylor Heineke, mm -mm. sorry, Arthur, don't want any part of him. Uh, and as far as tight ends, Dalton Schultz, Tampa Bay has been fantastic versus as far as defending tight ends. Fourth in DVOA, allowing the ninth lowest yards per reception to tight ends. So I understand we're on buys and, and tight end options are scarce right now. But Dalton Schultz is not a guy that I want to be plugging into lineups. And as far as the defense, Buffalo Bills. They have not. They, the only reason people want to start the Buffalo Bills is name cachet. That is it. Their pressure rate has been good, but I'm telling you, baby, Joe Shiesty, Joe Cool, Joe Burrow is back. He is back. What he did last week versus the 49ers should tell everybody that man was amazing. He had 10 drop or 10 passing attempts when he was pressured last week, completed all of them. Completed all of them for over 13 yards per attempt. Plus added the 40 rushing yards. Uh -uh. Do not play the Buffalo Bills versus Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow is going to light them on fire. Quickly, Debro, Dalton Schultz or Logan Thomas this week? I'm going to go Logan Thomas. We've just seen the consistent floor, and the commanders cannot run the ball to save their lives. So we know they are going to throw. That's, that's the only thing we can count on with Sam Howell. He's going to throw the ball every single week. I can't tell you it's going to be good, it's going to be pretty, or things are going to happen or not. But they're going to throw the ball all the time. Recapping here, all the guys we are sitting, Gus Edwards, Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Pierce, Rashad White, Roshan Johnson, Brian Robinson, Terry McLaurin, Gabe Davis, Jacoby Myers, Devonta Smith, Jackson Smith and Jigba, DJ Moore, Sam Howell, Trey McBride, the Bucks defense, Taylor Heineke, Dalton Schultz, and the Bills defense for Erickson and Debro. I am Ryan Warmly. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you again next time. 
Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.